Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach. And with me today, I have one of the most elite coaches I've ever met. He's amazing working with uh, athletes, uh, actors, actresses, top performers from around the world. Uh, I was introduced to him when I got a chance to do some uh, stage work and work on my stage craft. Um, And he brought the physicality piece. Tim Adams uh, has an amazing, amazing background and an amazing, amazing trajectory. And that's why I wanted to bring him to One Sharp Sword and to you. Tim, welcome to One Sharp Sword. Thank you, Wayne. It's a joy to be on here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, it is. It really is a pleasure to have you. I um, I'm looking forward to working with you more, with getting to you know beyond one sharp sword. Um, let's talk about you, your trajectory. You didn't wake up one day and go, <laughs> "I'm gonna be the physical trainer and you know mindset coach for the top performers." let's wind back the clock to little Tim, little Tim, little Tim. Where'd you grow up? Yeah. I was born in Indiana. Um, Lafayette, Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. Uh, The the home of Purdue. Uh, If you're going to be very specific, it'd be West Lafayette, but I was born in Lafayette. Actually lived in a tiny little town South of Lafayette, um, called Linden. And if you were driving, I don't even know the road it's on, but if you were driving through it, you'd blink and you'd actually miss it because there was no stoplights at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, a place where I, I spent most of my time running through cornfields and exploring uh, like the whatever was was there. And I thought it was a huge thriving big city, but the reality was, you know, it was probably all of four blocks big at the time. And uh, my parents moved to Colorado when I was nine. So I actually, I I say I grew up in Colorado. Colorado is kind of where my heart is. And I love Colorado and um, spent middle school, high school, college in Colorado. And, um, and then was in the military, went to the Air Force Academy and uh served for 13 years had the opportunity to come back to the academy and that's how i got into coaching well actually i got into coaching from from i got recruited to play football and um i tore my acl as a uh, specifically i guess i would say I, I i got recruited to play i didn't have the test scores to get into the academy immediately so i went to the prep school and the prep school is on the academy um proper and so it's like a red shirt freshman year so i I go to the the prep school have a great season in football excited to to get up to the academy and uh go home for christmas break and went skiing with my buddies and tore my acl and uh my knee was never the same since never has been the same since and um and, and and as a freshman, so so I I get into the academy and and make it through through um, the beginning of basic training and and in fact I was funny enough the the number one cadet going into what's called Jack's Valley out of our squadron and and um and and the first like two days probably day two of of Jack's Valley I'm climbing a rope and the ropes wrapped around my knee and I go to to reach up and hit the bell and my knee dislocates, my graft fails. And um, um, I slide down 20 feet, my hands are burning. I hit the ground and my knee pops back in and I'm just being like attacked by all the cod racing. Adams, what the F are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? That's dangerous. That's dumb. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't, and I didn't say anything. Cause I was just like, I'd heard a rumor that, you know, if you have two surgeries on one joint, 
at the academy, you get you get medically disqualified. And I'm like, this was my my dream. And so I didn't say anything. And I'm my knee blows up and I'm hobbling around and people are kind of asking what's going on. And I went from being the number one cadet in my squadron to the to the bottom, absolute bottom of the squadron. And, and then now I'm, I'm the, the problem child because I'm like, I'm not at the top and they think I'm just coasting and I'm doing everything I can just to, you know, get through. And anyway, I get cut from the football team um, the in the spring. I, I made it through the season, kind of practice every other day because my knee would just dislocate and my knee was just got so bad. Wow. But I, I made it through and I, and my squadron was, uh, it was called attrition two six. And they, they tried to get rid of all the freshmen that they could, and they hated athletes. And I was one of just a handful of athletes in the squadron. And so when I got cut, I get thrown back into the squadron and it was just like, I didn't sleep for probably a couple months. It was, it was pretty bad, but I made it through and, and got to the point where I was asking my strength coach. Um, cause I was pretty good in the weight room. I was like, Hey, any chance you want any help as a student coach? And they're like, well, we've never had one, but let's see what we can do. And they came up with, uh, let me do that. So I became a student coach. That's gutsy, right? Yeah. In, well, in the I, military I, to go to think outside and, and, uh, that's gutsy. Good for it you. Was, it was self-preservation, <laughs> but, but I loved it. And, and I, you know, and I, I, I was just naturally enjoyed it. And it was something that I started really doing, but not, not necessarily taken seriously at that moment. And then I started as a, a cadet, I started competing and got pretty good at Olympic lifting and, and, and started going down to the Olympic training center and learning from Dragomir, Ciceron. And, and, and what I found, and I learned this in high school was when you learn from the best, it accelerates your learning. And mm. so every time I wanted to learn something, I wouldn't just go to the guy down the street or, you know, go to whoever. I went to the guy who either developed the technique or the guy who was creating world champions or Olympic medalists. And, and the funny thing about it is like, it just took years off my coaching. Yeah. And I was, I was able to, to accelerate my coach. When I say take years off, like I went from, and I'll just share this, like when I finally went back to the academy to coach. So I, I went off in the military, I was stationed in Ohio. I bought air, air for air, air, aircraft for the Air Force. And I was married at the time and I was helping my ex. Um, she was a, a division one athlete and I was kind of helping her team do some movement stuff. And I, the reality was I didn't really know much about movement, but I was just doing stuff and <laughs> the stuff that I had been doing. And and I just started kind of playing around with it. But when I got the opportunity to come back to the academy and actually coach, I ended up getting a master's in exercise science and, and really kind of going all in on it. And the beautiful piece of that is like, I'm, I'm coaching all day long. I'm teaching up in, on the uh, academic side. I was a adjunct business professor and, a, and I helped out in the, um, um, the biology department with the exercise physiology. And so I was kind of in this space where I was teaching physical education classes. And then I was volunteering as a coach because I, I got hired as a PE coach and or PE teacher is, is what I was. I was, in, I was in the physical education department, but I, I parlayed that into helping the, the intercollegiate team because I was good in the weight room. And then I started like the guys that I was helping, they started getting like, like I took a kid from, and this may or may not mean anything to anybody, but in a, in in like a month time, one of our kids was cleaning 360 pounds and I took him up to where he's cleaning over 400 pounds. And in that very short period of time, the, the head strength coach was like, okay, we really need to create a position for you. And so they did. And, and then I moved in to be an action as assistant coach at the academy. And um, anyway, uh, the point being about learning from the best. So this is it. This is, this was really pivotal, pivotal for my, my learning and my growth, because when I wanted, when I wanted to learn speed, I, I it's May of 98, I got a non-volunteer assignment and, and I had to leave the, the air force because I didn't want to move to LA to buy missiles. I'm like, I need to learn. I need to expand my ability instead of just being in the weight room. I need to learn about speed. And so I was like, I don't know anything about speed. And um, the fastest guy in the world at the time was a guy named Ben Johnson. 
Mm. And his coach was a guy named Charlie Francis. And I didn't know Charlie Francis, but I knew a guy who knew a guy. And in a week, I'm sitting in front of Charlie Francis. And and in that time frame, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like there's actually a science and an art to speed. And and so it he like my mind was blown. And I start taking all his concepts and I come back and I'm I'm using it with my guys, and they're getting better, but not not exceptionally better and and then in the summer so that was may of 98 and then the, and then like june july time frame i think it was july time frame a kid named obadaly thompson breaks the world record and his coach was a guy named dan path and and he coached for the university of texas and this was pre-internet like you have to you have to understand this was like 1998 and the internet was just kind of coming out, right? Like you can't, you, you couldn't find people. You actually had to go to microfilm and research people at that point in time. And so uh, the research was just a little different back then. And so I find out Dan Paths coaching for University of Texas. And in August, we had um, an all comers track meet at the at the Air Force Academy. And I, I had since separated from the academy, but I was going down helping out academy kids that wanted to kind of be in the NFL. And we were doing this training and, and I look at out at the track and there's a guy with a longhorn t-shirt on. And I'm like, Oh, hold on guys. I got to go find Dan Pass. So I run over to this guy and I go, where's Dan Path? And he's going, why? And I'm like, well, you see those kids in the corner. I'm, I'm, I'm doing their speed work and they, you know, I need help. And he goes, Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I go, so where's Dan? And he goes, well, you're talking to him. So so we hit it off and he goes, That's you know awesome. yeah, it was, it was crazy. Right. It's serendipitous yeah. for sure. And, and he goes, come down to Houston next week. I'm going to introduce you to Tom Telez. And Tom Telez was Carl Lewis's coach. So in 1988 Olympics in Seoul, Ben Johnson won the gold medal. He was coached by Charlie Francis. Carl Lewis was coached by Tom Telez and the other two guys that were bronze and, and then ultimately the fourth place finisher became a bronze finisher, um, were coached by Dan Path. So in a three-month period of time, I was being co- I was learning from the top three speed coaches in the world of all time. Like these guys are like the godfathers of speed training. And and, and so that's pause for a second, because they just let you hang with them. So, so like again, remember this is 1998, and I'm I'm in a place where um, I have this curiosity about everything and I'm always asking questions and I have this exuberance of wanting to learn and, and, and that, and I just brought that to the table. And so I was just asking questions like, Hey, can I come spend time with you? I know nothing about speed and you're the best in the world. Can I spend time with you? And th- I don't, you know, it's, it doesn't work with everybody, but you would be surprised at how many people, if you just ask how open they are to share. And that's, and I do that. If there's an expert that I want to learn from, like I'm at this, I'm at a, I'm actually at a speaking event today. And, um, and there's a guy in the room that I'm like, I need to learn from him. So I, I went up to him and he was like, absolutely. And he gave me some, some great nuggets. Like, and it's just, it's just that, I think mentality that when, when someone's curious, I think people are really open to, to sharing. I know I am like, I share when people ask me questions, I I share uninhibitedly. Like, like I've had my, my competitors come to me and ask me, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'll tell them. And, and the reason I do is because I know that because of my curiosity and because of my drive, that I'm constantly learning and that whatever I give them, and I and I don't, I don't hold back. I share everything. Like it's not, it's not like this place of like, oh, I can only give you so much. It's like, this is what I'm doing. Because I know that by the time they figure out how to implement it themselves, I'm already gonna be five years ahead of them from from all the other stuff I'm learning. And so like, to I think me- this, is a, this is a really key point. You know, I think that, that this is something that you and I share that our, yeah, our paths in some ways have been similar and that when we learn, we seek the highest uh, mm-hmm. level of learning and that makes us yeah. operate at, a, at the highest level possible. Um, and I think that the other piece is 
you know, so many people are afraid of sharing their content. They'll hold on to it. And it's, and it's like, look, the, the, you use the word competitor and I actually don't even use that word anymore. Thank you. You know, you. it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, there's you. Yeah. Nobody can be Tim Adams. Nobody can, right? right? And, Nobody and, can be me. Nobody can may, be you. We may talk about the exact same things, but because you have different experiences from my experiences, you're going to solve the problem completely differently than how I, I would solve the problem. And uh, people are going to be attracted to you, not me. And and like, to me, that's like, I shared, I, I was just on another podcast last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, I think. And I was sharing, like, I've made a living off of an industry that only has 1,500 people in it. Yeah. For 30 years. I've, like, talk about hyper-niched. Like, the, the NFL, there's only – there's more now after COVID. But at the time, there was 1,500 NFL players. I built a whole career off of that. And and yeah. so and, – and when you want to talk about cutthroat, dog-eat-dog world, like – I never felt competitive with anybody in my field, not with, you know, the athletes performance exos group, not with anybody else in my, my world. It was just like, Hey, you got who they're attracted to you. I know what I can do. And, and even when my clients, and this is the funny piece when they were like, well, what do you think of this guy? I'm like, I think you should go try him. Like go work with them. Like I want you to see the difference because I know that you go work with them. You're going to come back to me. Can I, um, sh- I didn't ask you ahead of our, our, uh, recording this. Can I share the idea that you and I had? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Uh, so, because, you know, we're just, we're bouncing around ideas and yeah. Tim and I are going to create a program called the exponential success experiment. Yeah. And we are inviting people in to a high performance uh, it's a, it's going to be two to three days and it's going to be everything from physicality to your mind state yeah. and you will up level. And it's because, um, uh, Tim and I have such kind of synergy and we come at things so operationally differently, so different that we thought that we'd just ha- have some fun in the room together. And it's like, do this with your body, do this with your mind. Like, how are you coming at this? Um, and and how synergistic the opposite approach will be. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Complementary, synergistic. Yeah. So amazing. So amazing. And it's one of the reasons why, um, uh, you know, it was, it, it, it just kind of came to be, which means that it's got to be right. It's like, it it was so organic. So I wanted to share that because our paths have been so parallel and yet so different, you know, so different. And, um, and yet to approach the human as, oh man, there's more, there is so much more, let's go. Uh, So, so this is awesome. So you're working now with the, like, bring us from May of 98 up to current day. Um, Like, just fast forward a little bit. Yeah. So, I I mean, look, I've been very blessed to coach in the NFL, coach in the NHL, to have lost everything. and, 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 And in losing everything, I found me. And I'm not going to go into Just pause for a second. You don't go, hey, I was at the top of my game and lost everything. Um, Just a hint at what turned your life upside down. (laughs) Um, Because when my life turned upside down, like, I think a lot of the highest performers do have a sequence of wow, I realized I wasn't living into my potential. Yeah, I realized that I made some choices in my life that were holding me back. Yeah, And I actually don't like my life right now. Something's got to change. <laughs> I wish it was that pretty. Uh, it's never that pretty, but that's, yeah. like, that's sort of the sequence. It, 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 that, and that, that really was. So like, look, go back to, to Indiana. I'm, I'm banging my head against the walls to get my parents' attention because I, I like they worked and like my dad was a teacher. My mom was a, was a, an administrator, like uh, an administrative assistant. 
and it's not like we had money. We came from from the wrong side of the tracks. And and my, my dad is like works his ass off, worked his ass off. He passed away in 2019. And um they like, but I had this 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 lack and I I I took that lack and and I it kind of was my fuel to learn to so that I could I could be so needed by my clients that that they appreciated me that they needed me that like and so everything I did was was purely to try to get that recognition from them and it drove me to like be really good at what I do and I and and people may say that well that's really fucked up excuse me that's really messed up <laughs> and and okay. and and it is and and yet it's me it, and it was me and and I and I I I liken this to an airplane trip that you know at five years old I, I I go off on this this trip and my navigation is just off and I just never course correct and next thing you know I think I'm flying to New York but I end up in Miami and and I end up in a place where wrong is right right is wrong and I make these decisions in my life where based on this lack and my desire to be needed by other people I find myself in an affair. And that affair um, destroyed my whole ecosystem. And, and rightfully so. Like I was not in a place where I was making good decisions, but it destroyed my ability to make money. It destroyed my ability to have a family. It destroyed my friends. Like they disappeared overnight. And, and I found myself curled up in a ball thinking that I was not going to make it to tomorrow. And, and by opening this door to this darkness that I had in me that I didn't want to address, that I didn't want to recognize the course correction from Miami to New York at 46 years old, having, you know, I, I've had all this success, but I was like this shell of a man. And, and by going in and having to make that course correction, it was massively painful. Like the, the course correction immediately would have been less painful, but I waited 46 years for this correction. And, and, and it was the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me because I found me. That's awesome. I, for the first time, I understood what being congruent meant, what being in integrity meant, what being in alignment meant, because I'd been out of alignment my entire life. That's going to be, that is, that is all part of the exponential success experiment. Exactly. Seriously. Because here, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, yeah. As you know, you were five when you sort of yeah. realized all this or, or, oh. or incorporated. Right. Most kids will, will have verbal abilities and it's right around seven that they're like integrating the rules of the world yep. without a world perspective, which means that as adults, they're operating from the rules of a five-year-old or a seven-year-old. And it's not until your forties that you go, oh my God, like I, I could actually have a different life. Yeah. And, and am I still potent? Am I still, you know, vital? Yeah. Can I be different in the world? And you make these choices that seem like, what the heck are you doing? Um, <laughs> and at the same time, what happens is your whole world gets shaken up, right? You, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Oh, I didn't need to do that in order to find me, but right. oh, holy cow, everything else fell fell away. In order if everything else fell away, who who am I? Yeah. That yeah. by the way is the existential dilemma and that's my sweet spot. So and, that's and, like <laughs> and that's the beauty of 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 what we're creating, right? When, yeah. And that's yeah. and and that's the piece of like I Peter Pan for 46 years. And a lot of guys do. And I wasn't taking responsibility for anything, right? And yeah. so so like this is that piece of like you can learn from pain or you can learn from wisdom. And and we're coming together to really create this opportunity to say, hey, look, there's some wisdom in in approaching things from a different perspective and addressing some things today so that you don't have to keep going down this path that's going to lead to destruction. You can get your lesson today instead of having to 
get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And if you've already had the destruction, look, there are ways of rebuilding that exactly. allow you to rebuild so that your trajectory is like amazing. So yeah, that's awesome. You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. What are you doing these days? Like your yeah, so, base and... and- yeah. I, that's a great question. So I'm in this process where I have been... Um, I'm still working with pro athletes. Still fortunate to to have my hand in that world, and I love it. And it's it keeps me mm, like it, the demand of pro sports keeps me on my toes because the turnaround is so quick, right? Like the people think NFL has got six days to recover from a game, but the reality is they really only have three days because they have to they have to be able to practice on Wednesday um, in order to play on Sunday. So that's good. In the NHL, we have less than 24 hours to get guys ready to, to play. So that speed really refines my skill set. Um, the, the thing I started doing about 12 years ago is I started speaking and I started getting into the corporate world and working with executives, entrepreneurs, founders, and these high achievers that, um, we're looking for more. And when I, when I say more, it doesn't necessarily mean more money. Most of them are looking for more impact. And what's happened over the, the course of the last 12 years for me is since my, what I would call uh, implosion and awakening, I've, I've really gotten to this place where I'm doing way more self-exploration with my clients and deeper work than I did before. So what used to be mechanical is way more integrative than it's ever been. And I was super integrative before collectively in the holistic performance perspective, but now I take a much more holistic approach on the, the internal self perspective, if you would. And so um, I, I would, I would say that, you know, I'm doing more somatic emotional work. I'm doing more mindset work. I'm doing more self exploration and self discovery work. And, and what I call it is I, I help you unburden you so that you can be the best version of you so that you can go do what you're called to do in a way that helps you build your business or your family or your relationships or your, you know, your community in a way that you couldn't do otherwise. See, I call that listening to the whispers. Oh, I love that. One of the, one of the high performers that I worked with, you talk about more, right. And, and one of the high performers I worked with, all he wanted to do, like he was successful. He had a a great business. He was the business owner. He was You know, he had everything except he didn't have a big green egg barbecue. All he wanted to do was just to be able to relax. Yeah. Right. And so when you talk about more, sometimes more is to cut away the distraction of that stuff that, you know, uh, of the supposed to, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to then grow and climb and 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 it's like sometimes more is actually yeah i want more peace right, right? i want to find more of me exactly and when you find more of you you realize that what you're chasing is not you exactly it's, it's some it's it's a, it's a it's a pattern it's a it's a story it's it's, it's the old stories from right that yeah. you've integrated from yeah. all the supposed tos if you hear those yeah. supposed tos in your head 
it's not you. If you hear the I want, that's probably you. I want, I desire. Yeah. And a lot of people don't dare to desire. And that's that's been my work. And it sounds like, you know, you're opening from a different direction. Yeah. It, it, Fabulous. It, and I love that too, Wayne, because, and I, I love how you frame that because like there's this piece of, and I, I call it calling. Like right now I'm, I'm really big on helping my clients understand like, are you, are you being called to this? Like, that's one of the questions I ask is like, you know, what, what, why is it that you want this? Like, cause I, I believe that when it you have a calling. Yeah. And you, my, but, my question, yeah. My question for my clients is, do you feel like you're being pushed or do you feel okay. like someone is pulling you from your yeah. heart? Like, are you being pulled toward this? Yeah. Are you being pushed at this? And if so, that's probably someone else's story that tells you the supposed to's. Or are you feeling like you're being pulled and it's usually being pulled from your heart? So good. And see, now this is why this is why I think, and I and I hope the people that are listening to this can see the synergy of this is that like the how like we're talking about the same thing, but but we're using different terminology and, and that. That different perspective, I, I think, is just so valuable. It is, yeah. and it and it reaches a so many more people from that perspective to to help them understand where they are and where they can be. And yes. and again, when you're in alignment with who you are, and you are being pulled to that, you know, greater um, purpose that you're that you were brought here to serve then like it's un- like it, it's unstoppable though when you're in that space and and when you align that and it's like and then I, then you can start to make decisions that like oh i don't need to do that anymore because that's not a I, I don't there's no should left you 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 start to filter for what's in and what's out i call it that's the the nature of the significance factor beautiful right so that's like that's significance are yeah. you making a difference because that's the legacy that you want to step into, you want to create, you want to leave for someone else to experience. Or are you making a difference because, hey, there's a paycheck involved? You know, it's like yeah. you can do both. It's possible to have both. Like you and I are both super passionate that comes through, I think, about what we do. We lift others yes. so that they can lift others. And and I think that there's a passion behind that. And and that is actually, that's the calling. That's what's what's pulling both of us yeah. um, is to lift as you lead. You know, that's the, that's what's cool. Yeah. So this is awesome. You're, um, that's amazing. I just, I, I, uh, uh, I appreciate the uh, the somatic emotional piece yeah. is magical, by the way, when you, you know, can feel what's in your body yeah. and, and give words to it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, I, I'm, I just, it's ironically, this is so interesting. I had a session last night with, with uh, a participant here at this event and, and did something that I, I, I like, I walk people through things before. But this instance was something that I'd, I'd never done. And I did it completely hands off. And the, the transformation that occurred was remarkable. Like she couldn't believe how the trauma lifted. And this was a lot of um, sexual trauma that had been um, in her life for many years. And just by being able to navigate through this realm, hold the space for her to, to really meet herself in that space and recognize it, accept it, work through it, and then be able to let it go. It was, it was remarkable, the shift. And, and what was the most exciting thing for me was I I didn't have to use my hands for it, which was, which was really uh, a a, a really exciting thing for me because it's, it's what I'm stepping into is being able to do this without me having to, to help you get the feedback. And this is, this is really critical. And I, and this is something Wayne that I'd love to have a conversation deeper on is the, the epidemic of lack of awareness or a disassociation that people have from their body and, and yeah. the, 
they, I think through pain, through trauma, there's, they disconnect and they just can't relate and they're not getting the, the message. They're not getting what's there for them. And I'd like to introduce the concept of micro trauma at this point where, where it's not just like, boom, a traumatic effect happens. And now psychologically you must cut off from that, from that event, or you will keep reliving it. And somehow you've cut off a part of yourself. I think the micro trauma that pretty much a hundred percent of us experience is we log on to the internet yeah, and we are inundated with information and we become numb to uh, this matters. This doesn't matter. Um, and, And so everything matters at some level and it's, it is like an assault. And so we end up with this barrier. And when you recognize that it's like, no, this, you know, it's like, I read, I will read the news. I won't watch the news. um, And I'll recognize, wow, this is written in kind of an inflammatory way. So I guess I'm done reading this next. Right. And, and, and you start to sort out what you let in. Yeah. Um, And that's a survival mechanism. And, and I really want to say thank you for sharing that because, you know, um, that micro trauma to which really impacts your attention position, right? Yes. Um, is is a, it's a survival mechanism. And and thank you for bringing that up because that is, you know, for everybody listening, I think it's really important distinction because where in your life do you have to get to chaos? Do you have to get to like that red light flashing before you pay attention to what's going on? Why are our children screaming and and begging for attention and you know creating chaos? It's because we're not paying attention to them. We're not giving them the attention that they need, right? And yeah. where is that? Our body is doing the same thing. Our environment is doing the same thing. And we just are, we're just filtering it out. It's That's- amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure you're, you have this in your vision or values as well. Um, I have 11 core values for myself and my business. I'm like, they're, they're one. Um, and one of the values is love. Yes. And it's, it's like, I should say, I should say that one word differently. One of the values is love. Mm. Um, right. It's, it's love. It's, it's the i do dare to pay attention to others it's like that's the that's the piece that we can bring and remind people of is that we got lost in the screaming yeah. as a society as a global society yeah. i think we got lost in the screaming and and it's really like how, how do you love yourself again yeah. right yeah. how do you how do you then uh, expand that yeah. to have the impact, to have the significance, um, to to create the legacy that you actually really, really want. Yeah, and and look, you know, I and 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 you're nailing it right on the head because, like, it's I talk about this concept like you have to lead you before you can lead anybody else. Yeah, only way you can lead you is to to start a pay paying attention to you. Like you have to start putting your focus back on yourself. Like, what is your body telling you? What, like you eat something like, and you get indigestion. Well, why, what's the feedback that you're getting from that? Your knee hurts. Why are you ignoring it? Like there, there, there's, you know, you're tired, but you're having another cup of coffee. Like when are you going to start listening to what your body is saying? Because like, it's one thing to be empathic to somebody else, but if you don't have anything left in your tank to be able to support that, well, you're not doing them a service. You want my saying for that? Yes, please. <laughs> you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. Right. You. So, and that happens at two levels. One is if you're running on fumes, you have nothing left to give someone else. That's one. Yeah. The other is if you're operating at a low level, you can't, you can't give from a higher level. And so continuing to learn, continuing to grow, that's the other part of that is that you, 
one, yeah, listen to your body, get that feedback. If you're, if you're craving sugar, caffeine, carbs at night, there's a reason. Um, and, and that's personal, by the way, I will, I will, uh, share that, that it's like, I know that about me. It's like, Oh, craving carbs, craving sugar. Yeah. Just one more something. Uh, uh-uh, like it's time for water and it's time for bed. Yeah. But the other part of that is, is like, so that's where I know I'm no good. If, you know, if I've just traveled and, you know, I'm jet lagged or whatever. Um, I take time. I take, I, I build time in to my travels to be able to re- recover before I am engaging with others. Yeah. The other is, I do up level my learning. I do stay ahead of the curve. I do create, have conversations like this, build with other high performers so that I can give it a higher level. And I encourage our audience to do that too. As you're listening to this, it's like, how do you grow yourself so that you can give more significantly? And like, I think that is so spot on. And like, there's this concept of, self-care out there right now and and i think self-care is is the like it's required it's a necessity for what then i call self-fortification that growth component how do you become more resilient how do you create more margin how do you create that space so that you can grow so that you can expand your capacity to work to do things to to understand what's in front of you like it's it's i think a, a, a piece of our society right now that is um caught up in the the hacking mentality let me let me put a band-aid on it let me let me chase this or chase that and we lose sight of well you know you might be able to to create some success but is it enduring? Does it have longevity? Is it sustainable? And the reality is if you're, if you're putting band-aids on top of, of one thing on top of another, it's going to fail. And there is a difference between a band-aid and a proven shortcut. Mm-hmm. Because what you and I offer are like, here's the path. You don't have to listen to the distraction. Here's how to get to that next level. Um, and it's not like there are no shortcuts, hacks are, you know, it's like there are shortcuts. Yeah, there are. But, it, but it's not, it's not, I need the shortcut in order to, it's, right. it's more like I will take this path. It might be a steeper path. Yeah. There might be work involved. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that, and the funny you know, the thing about that, Wayne, that I think is fascinating is, is that like, there's almost this aversion to the right work. And, and yeah. it's like, I think people really truly know what needs to be done. They're just like, mm, I don't want that option. Give me another option. And I'll take yeah. that. Because, because the reality is when you do the right work, it actually is a shortcut. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. When you do that's like the quote of the day. It's like, when you do the right work, it actually is a shortcut. I love that. All right. I've got a challenge for you. You ready? Challenge. Uh-oh. I hope so. <laughs> it's it's really easy. All right. If you were to challenge our audience to do like something, what would be the top one to three things you would tell them yeah, the, great. right now? Yeah. The first thing I would challenge you to do is stop, take a pause and drop from your head back into your body. Now, you can drop to your heart, but I want you to drop to your body. And I want you to just listen because your body's screaming. I guarantee it. Like I know it's screaming. So that's first, first and foremost. Can, can I, can I offer something here? Please. Fritz Perls, the founder of Gestalt psychology had this great quote. Do you know what it is? No, Do I you? don't. Okay. He said, lose your mind and come to your senses. Mm, I love that. That I do too. I, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So this was from the what late fifties, early sixties. Like that's so much wisdom in that statement. Right, lose your mind and come. It's and like chapter one of my very first book is called "Stop Thinking," and it's exactly that. Like stop, listen, just thank you. 
<laughs> my gosh. So, so, so then the, the second piece that I would recommend is walk. Just oh. go for a walk. And, and when I say go for a walk, get outside. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's blistering heat. Go outside and then listen. Yeah. And look. And look. This yeah, is change, your, change your visual field, right? Yep. Read the air. Auditory. Watch the grass grow. Olfactory. Your body. <laughs> the sense. Like, that's the. Come to your senses. Like, get. Go taste the tree. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, I think that is one of the most undervalued and underappreciated things that we can do and get outside and go for a walk. And it's I, so funny, Tim, because the science actually supports that. And I don't there. I had uh, uh, somebody commented on one of my uh, YouTube shorts. It's like, what's the what's the research to back this up? I do not have the the uh, citations in front of me that said you can do some research and look, the science supports yeah. break, get outside, get away from your tech, even three to 10 minutes. It doesn't take much. Get outside, put your feet on the grass, yeah. breathe the air. Yeah. Grass. I love grass. I love the sand. If you're at sand. the ocean, um, but if I you're up near the ocean, it's like, Oh yeah. It, cool. but, even if you're not like just getting outside, regardless is, yeah. is so beneficial, but the movement. Yeah. So, so there's, there's so much going on here and you've, you brought up it like the, the sensory mechanism and then the locomotion. And there's something about letting your body move. And, and, you know, I hate to say it, the, the, the probably, you know, dropping back into the body and then going for a walk is forcing you to start to become more aware of where do you have limitations? Yeah. Where are you have where do you have tension? Where are you not interacting with the ground? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh add something to your to number two of your challenge. Number one, stop, just listen. Yeah. Number two, get outside, walk, get outside. I'm going to add something to this. And it's it's a challenge that I used to give uh, to my, I used to run a, believe it or not, I know it's going to be a shocker for you, Tim. I used to run a sense-oriented program. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. and, and one of the things that I, that I did with that program was I would ask people to walk to their next event, whether that was lunch or their next meeting, and just walk 10% slower. Yes. And it's like most people can't do 10%. They'll do 50%. They'll do 80%. Just and by asking for 10% slower. So I'm going to add that to your challenge. I love Walk that. 10% slower, more slowly. It will actually put you in touch with your body. Like what is 10%? So that right there. So wait, now this is so beautiful because it was <laughs> so good. It's like you're reading my mind. The third thing is, yes. which leads into what you just said is the is you connect connect with your body connect with nature and connect with someone else and so this piece of connection is we actually have to learn at least I, I, you know i don't want to speak for everybody i know for me in my journey the one thing that helped me the most was reconnecting with me reconnecting with nature and then reconnecting with humans and 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 this this piece of reconnecting with humans, I could not have done it without connecting with myself first. Yeah. Cool. I use, <laughs> oh, this is going to be so good. The, yeah. the exponential success experiment is going to be so good because okay. this is how we build on each other. I yeah. use, when you connect with someone else, I did a whole talk about, it was my Oxford talk. I did a whole talk about the difference between, hey, how are you? To, hey, I see you. Yes. I see you, dear human. And I talk about the ESN method, which is eye contact, E, eye contact. How, when was the last time you actually connected with somebody enough to recognize their eye color? And all it takes is two seconds, like two beats, not even two full seconds, two beats of being deliberate and, and noticing somebody's eye color. And then the S, 
is smile because all the social uh, psychology studies talk about how contagious that is and that there's uh, facial mimicry. So when you're smiling, you actually create that as a desired response in the other person. And then the N is use their name. Like if you know their name, even if like you're talking to a clerk and they have a name tag on, use their name. Right. Eye contact, smile, name. So connect with your body, connect with nature, connect with someone else. And they're, you know, use the ESN method if you want. Um, One, stop and listen. Two, walk, get outside, move. Uh, Locomotion is a great word. Um, Sense, just get the sense. Um, Fritz Perls, lose your mind and come to your senses. Connect with your body. Um, When you're locomoting, when you're moving, do it 10% more slowly and just feel what that feels like um get out in nature and then connect with someone else love it all right tim if people want to contact you i think most people know how to contact me i'll be putting up a website for exponential success experiment um, but they can contact you or me about that and or or about anything how do people find you yeah, so uh, you could do it through social media. I'm on Instagram, Coach Tim Adams, or I guess it would be hashtag Coach Tim Adams or at Coach Tim Adams, whichever it is. I, I'm not a big social media guy, but uh, I, I am building out Instagram. Um, you could My website is coachtimadams.com, and you can certainly send me an email through support at coachtimadams.com. Cool. So uh, the key here is Tim Adams, and it's... As it sounds, there's no extra letters. There's no, it's T-I-M-A-D-A-M-S, coachtimadams.com. And then if you wanted to do a direct email, support at coachtimadams.com. Cool. We covered so much in such a short amount of time. There's so much. So much more to cover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm smiling so big right now, Tim. This is like, oh my gosh, the... uh, what what we're creating um it just is like um you know i have energy around it and then i talk to you again and i'm like yep we must right we must cool so this is awesome um thank you thanks for being here Uh, yeah and and i I just want to say one last thing yes for anybody out there that is going through a transition that might be struggling that it's a hundred percent of people going through a transition. Well, yes, but are they aware enough that they are and, and would love to explore with Wayne and myself getting the two completely different angles on probably the same issue that's going to help accelerate. Oh yeah you towards finding you getting to the root of what's going on so that you can actually be more of you so that you can actually fulfill on what you're here to fulfill on, then reach out to us because we would love to um, assist you on that journey. Absolutely. Right. Thank you for saying that. It's about leveraging into purpose really, you know, so yeah, that's thanks for saying that. Yeah, get in touch with either one of us. We are both here. Yes. Uh, and Tim, again, it's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure to have you here. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, my guest, Tim Adams, the amazing coach, Tim Adams. Uh, and this is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. We'll see you here next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor.